that causes Hashem's covenant to be less is somewhat painful to me. Because Hashem's covenant to be less is going to be uh, something that I'm not very happy about. So it sounds like it's something in the area of Hasidus, you know, Avas Hashem, Yerus that I really care about. Like, I am in awe of the amazing uh, greatness of Hashem, and I just want to have more of it. So I was wondering, like, how does this relate to someone who's working on the Hiras? Right, I go for myself, like, that's probably where uh, I, probably most of us would uh, imagine that we're toward the beginning of the book, you know, working on doing the mitzvos. And so where does, like, this whole three-week period fit into, like, the mitzvos? Like, what mitzvah would it be under? Is it under a mitzvah? Like, is it part of Zahira? Someone is holding by Zahira, like, what should they do about this kind of goal of having the covet Hashem become greater and being concerned very much about the furthering the greatness of God's covet? Is that something that's relevant to us? If it is, why? And what are we supposed to be doing about it? So that's what I was uh, first thinking about. So anyone have any thoughts about that? Um, anyone? Rabbi? What do you say? Chesky? I, uh, I have this vague recollection of, of hearing you talk, uh, talk in, in a vod once in Yeshiva about, um, maybe quoting Yeshiva talking about moments of clarity, how even on our level, sometimes we access things that are beyond our, our normal constant day-to-day -day level. Um, I was wondering if you uh, have something to uh, talk about in, the, in that vein, in this regard. Um, so what do you mean by that, Chesky? Um, I mean, we have, like, when you say we're, uh, we're working on Zahiris, I uh, assume that means, you know, that's maybe where we might put ourselves in our day-to-day, -day, daily grind, uh, where we're holding at, at a... At a Kind of constant basis, but some of these higher, loftier um, feelings and perceptions are things that we have access to, and they come and go. But uh, but they do come. So um, I guess it's hard to to time them exactly <laughs> with the three weeks. But uh, when we do, when we can tap into some levels of Abbas Hashem or caring about Kavod Shemayim. Um, but but just that idea that it seems like like we we are able to sometimes tap into it. Um, okay, that definitely sounds like it should be very true. That at times, like it sounds like one thing you're saying is like when you when you read through the Misal Sasharim and he talks about the levels at the end of the book. So one of the ways that they're relevant, even to someone who's toward the beginning of the book. And there are many mitzvahs that we don't necessarily do uh, um, fully, appropriately. And that's really our main focus. But at times, 
you know, certainly even someone who's working on keeping the basic mitzvahs should really be open to the fact that we can sometimes access these higher levels and we should be trying to do that as much as we as we possibly can. At a balance, it is probably complicated, but it sounds like it should certainly be on our radar to not take away the possibility that sometimes we could access levels that are uh, pretty um, high in certain ways. Um, any other thoughts about it? Like in what way would this feeling of wanting the honor of Hashem to be furthered you know, how would that be level to someone who's on like a lot? Anyone? What do you guys say? Can we access some of these higher levels at least to some extent? Not not to fool ourselves that we think we're fully on that level, but but a small level, a small percentage, you know, just to tap into it to a slight extent, work on it. I mean, that's there are, there are multiple reasons why we actually read the entire Masil Sisharim, even though we're, we're going to really be working on the first couple levels. One of them, obviously, to know that the goal is ultimately the end, you know, with the shoot high. But can we kind of, uh, you know, get, get, get a small level of these high levels in, in, in general and in terms of this specific thing that you're bringing up as well? Can we tap into it a little bit? And again, not fool ourselves to think that we're really holding by Shlemus in that whatsoever. Uh-huh. But a little bit of you know a little bit a little bit a little taste and maybe we have one percent and maybe next year we'll have two percent and the year after that maybe three percent something like that can we, uh-huh. can we work on something like that okay so it sounds like when you put together what uh um simcha and chesky are saying it sounds like there are two ways that we should be open to the possibility of accessing these ideas of being marbek covered shemayim and things of that sort, of really wanting it to be that I want to serve Hashem so that Hashem's covet should be great, and I want other people to be involved so that Hashem's covet should be great. So on one hand, that's because of the fact that at times we can maybe really feel that to a larger extent. And it sounds like what Simcha is saying is that it's really like a ladder. In a way, I think it's seems to be implied that way from the Masil Sasharm himself. In Chassidus, what he says is that someone who's on the level of Chassidus, he's someone who's Shia Adam Ovid Rak Lamanashar Kvodashal Adam Barakul Yigdal Yerba. So he's saying someone who's on Chassidus, he's someone that that's the only thing that's important to him. But someone who's um, not on uh, the level of Chassidus, um, he's not someone who has no access to it. Rather, he's someone who's just not fully, that's not the only thing that's important to him. It's, you know, Scharvonesh is also important. My level in Olam Haba is also important. Things like that are also something that we focus on. But um, someone who's on the level of Hasidus, then this is something that is all that I focus on. So now maybe it would be helpful to see like where, like what should we do to work on that? Like, I don't know, when I open my eyes in the morning, uh, it's certainly not really what I'm thinking about is, uh, how is there gonna be a ton of coverage of mine today? Um, so like what, 
like I can't wait for the base amigdash to be here because then like there'll be more covet mind. So in what way would you say that it's reasonable for us to be expecting ourselves, hoping, striving to reach something in that kind of category? Is like, it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? I think we need some explanation of the entire concept of Hashem's honor being increased. Uh, Hashem doesn't need honor, and how could his honor ever be decreased? What is this really all about? Uh, so I think Rabbi Shmiman is saying the first step is when the three weeks come, we should try to take a step back from, the, from step one. What in the world is this? What are we trying to do? It sounds like that's a little different than just making sure not to get a haircut. Right? So I would say Rabbi Shmiman is encouraging that when the three weeks come, we should certainly learn the laws, make sure that we don't uh, take the haircuts or listen to the music inappropriately. But uh, we should try to think about like what, what's missing, why do I care, what should I do, what does Hashem need from me? So I don't know the answers to those questions, but one thing that hit me is like maybe starting out and seeing how just even in our daily like lives, let's say we approach tefillah, like we want to dive into Hashem. So I was reading through uh, some of the basic tefillahs today and trying to see like where do we see things within what we're saying on a consistent basis, you know, that relate to these concepts and to try to see like how important it really is. It's not really just a three weeks thing. Like this is something, these questions are something that hopefully we should be trying to focus on on a consistent basis. So one thing that hit me is in Kaddish, we say the same thing. Yiskad al Yiskad Hashmei Rabbah. According to one understanding, that means that Hashem's great name should be made even greater. Taught in the first grade that Kaddish is really, really important. Say it with your eyes closed with a lot of kavana, as loud as possible. And, or at least make sure, like, if you could get to a minion, it's really important to get that Kaddish in there. So, you know, we say, you know, later in the Kaddish, we say, you know, Hashem's name, great name should be, uh, should be blessed. Or maybe in Ashrei, we say, So I guess if we ask ourselves, you know, this, like every day or the whole day, you know, we're, we're blessing Hashem. And that's something, praising God's name is something we should be involved in. Or we say in Kedusha, like Hashem, we're just looking forward. You know, Kedusha is like one of the big things. You know, we say, later in the Kedusha, like Hashem should be great. Like we say, you know, in, uh, I'm sorry to just be going on and on, just to highlight, you know, where so many of the things that we know, like, yeah, this is a big one. Like maybe we try to have a mezuman. We say Yehishem Hashem Mevorach Me'atavi Ad Olam. You know we say in uh, you know on Shabbos we say B'Makalos Rabos like in big public places. We want it to be Yisfar Shimcha. Hashem's name should be great. 
Befi Sharm Tishalal, it should be Tisborach, Tisromam, Tiskadash. If you're an Ashkenaz, you know you say those words. Hashem's name should be uh, you know really amazing. We then say in Shabbos, it should be Chovas Kola Yetzurim, Lahodos, Lahalel, Lashabeach, Lefire, Laromim, Lahader. You know, we say similar thing in the Pesach Seder, you know, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So Okay, know, we get it. Me that, like, I don't know how often I walk around talking to people about Hashem is awesome. Hashem is great. Imagine trying to get together with like your Hevra. And guys, can we talk about how great Hashem is? So it would be, I don't know, at least in all of my circles that I hang around in, that would be so uncool. That'd be like the last thing that would be viewed as something anyone would want to be doing. Um, <laughs> no, like it's such a, it's so uncool. Like to talk about a toast fist is cool. To talk about hashkafa is cool. Even to talk about talking about how Hashem is great is also okay. But actually talking about how great Hashem is, I don't know. When's the last time anyone had a conversation with their chavra about that. I don't know. I don't think it's something we necessarily do so often, but it does sound like something that we're saying that we want to be doing very often. And to me, like what was hitting me is like, we have a few options for how to go about like our tfilos that we say, you know, we could skip those part of the tfilos. That's one approach. You know, yiskada, yiskada, shmei like, ah, I don't know. I'm not really up to there so much. We can say the words and not really be connected to it all that much. Or I guess we're all thinking like, hopefully there's a third option, which I know for myself, like I haven't been so involved in, you know, a third option. I guess I would have been going more to that second option of, you know, you say the words and yeah, Shem should be great. Yeah, great. Hashem, great, something along those lines, but much more than that, like really sitting down to, if we're going to express the greatness of Hashem, it probably means we have to understand the greatness of Hashem, we have to feel the greatness of Hashem, we have to feel like it's something we want to share with others, you know, how great Hashem is. So I guess one thing that was hitting me today is this sounds like a good project to work on. Um, where it fits into someone who's up to Zahirus, it sounds like it's very clear that, I don't know which mitzvah it fits into exactly, but it's certainly included in our tfilos, like very, very much. You know, we sit there at Rosh Hashanah, Shmona Esrei, you know, maybe most, the most important Shmona Esrei and, you know, we say, like, Hashem, I just want everyone to appreciate your greatness and to be in awe and inspired by you. You know, like, Hashem, you should be the king on your own. You know, we say, you know, some of us, like, have the yeshiva kind of minute to, like, cover your head with the talus at times. You know, Hashem, like, Hashem, I just can't wait until the time everyone recognizes. So I don't know where it fits into, like, which mitzvah it is. So, okay, Rabbi, um, you're, 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 you're laying out a very, very uh, 
not easy challenge here. Um, what do you most think? Us, I said most of us may have been, you know, sort of forgot, have forgotten how little we are really in touch with so much that we're doing. And you're bringing us into a sharp awareness that there's so much that we're saying, there's so much that we're doing, that uh, we really can't identify a personal connection with. And now that you bring it to our awareness, it's going to be something that uh, we're going to be very uncomfortable with unless we could really find a way how to make that connection. Um, that definitely sounds... True, so, but Rabbi, it sounds to me like the first step is even like that recognition that there's something there that we should be, that would be very helpful and beneficial to whatever degree to like start like climbing the ladder to realize that, you know, focusing on the fact that, you know, maybe we've been taught very often, you know, forgetting whose fault it is, if it's anyone's fault or not, but, um, just the recognition that we could be doing, like if we view Zahiris as, Zahiris is about doing things. And our job is to do things. It can certainly lead to a certain kind of approach that is so far from what Zahiris really should be. Because like it can't be that what the Masil Sasharim has in mind is that like we should be saying these tefillos, we should be viewing Yeheshme Rabbah as such an important thing to say, but mm -hmm. it's not such an important thing to relate to the concept to whatever degree that um, that we can and want to be, uh, that we want to be involved in trying to relate to it and trying to see what it is. So Rabbi Shmimin is saying, okay, so what do we do? Um, I don't really know exactly how to manage this. I see uh, different raised hands. I don't know what to do about that. So whoever uh, would like to uh, speak up, I don't know how to manage and navigate that. If someone can uh, be able to. I have, a, I have a quick question. Is it possible? <laughs> can we relate to the Darchea Darche Noam and the beauty of the of acting with proper midos, the beauty of Yashris, the beauty of patience, the beauty of someone who doesn't have gods, can we relate to all these kinds of midos when we meet them in the field, when we meet them in our jobs, when we meet them all over? Are we able to relate to a person who has beautiful midos? Um, that, that sounds great. So what are you saying, uh, Ribioni? No, I, I asked a question. I didn't say something yet. I asked a question. That's something we can relate to. Um, my guess is that we probably all can appreciate that very, very much. So if we can relate to that, is now can we now make a jump and potentially try to relate to who is the source of all this beauty? What is the true beauty, and where does it really come from? And what and what would we conclude? I think it's only one source: the great ethics and morality, the King, the Bore, our Creator, who did everything for us from the day of my birth till today. That definitely sounds true. So. I'm not fully understanding. So what are you saying? So if we see someone who has really good midos and we see like, wow, that's awesome. I would, uh, I'm very inspired by how he's acting. And the connection to Hashem is, it must be that Hashem 
we we know it's we know that it's that our Kaddish Baruch Hu is the source of all this good, and we know that the beauty of the Midos come from His Torah, and are are like licked into who He is, and and the whole creation, the whole Mahus of Olam Chesed Ibane is all built on on all these characteristics. So when when we die here, that our Father is there and has all these Midos, and it's totally ignored in the world, and it's totally bizayon and disgraced, and the the. What what is success is so backwards compared to the true success of the Torah and all this? I think there is something we can relate to. That's there's a big thing missing in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, people who cheat to get to the top are more flusher than people who are honest. That that, that that's <clears throat> that that's disgraceful. That's painful. You know, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu comes to the world, somehow I don't know how, but somehow. The true beauty of hard work, the true beauty of, of godless, it's not going to be Olam Hafech anymore. It's going to be real godless is what's going to be chashiv, not fake godless. Like Real midos are going to be chashiv, not manipulations. Like, isn't that such an amazing world? A world without kin, a world without all these things, a world without all this fakeness and fraud and all these midos relics existing everywhere we turn? Wow, so that's pretty cool. So it sounds like what Rabioni is saying is that one of the big steps, you know, it's certainly a big Slabatka concept that relating to Hashem as being like seeing the greatness of Hashem is very much related to not necessarily to Hashem's big muscles and to just like the awe of like how like powerful Hashem is. But it sounds like a big part of you know the author's whole approach is relating to Hashem as you know the source of all the good midos, and relating to our neshama and our own personal greatness as being a greatness that comes from you know honesty, integrity, kindness, love, understanding of others, appreciation of others, helping others, empathizing with others. And in that kind of context where the greatness of Hashem is such, the greatness of a human being is such, and the great actions that were, and feelings and thoughts and perspective, perspectives that we're looking forward to, when we think of a world where there's a base of mikdash and there's more of Hashem's presence, that's synonymous to a large extent with a world of integrity, a world of kindness, a world of understanding, appreciation, speaking nicely about others, thinking highly about others. Like when you think in those terms, I think Rabioni, that's what you're saying is like when you put all those things together, you know, I don't know if there are other important great things about Hashem that we should be focusing on also, but certainly that aspect is probably something we could all relate to. And when we think of Avas Hashem very much in that kind of context of loving goodness that we can relate to, loving honesty, integrity, kindness, empathy, charity, valuing others. And to me, it makes sense. What Moshe Rabbeinu said, show me your ways, Hashem. What Hashem show him? He didn't show him his Kedusha. He didn't show him his everything. He, he showed him his Midos Tos. So you give him Midos that That's the way we humans can relate to Akash Baruch Hu. You know, because Rashmim's question of understanding what Akash Baruch Hu mm-hmm. us for is very, very hard to understand, if not incomprehensible for us human minds. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand it in that not, I don't know if he couldn't understand it, but Hashem showed him in a way that he was able to relate to as a human. 
right? So I think Rabioni, I think if you wrote a Pirish on the Chumet, I mean on the Siddur, like it might look like Yiskada Yiskada Shmei Rabba. You know, the uh, art scroll interpretation on the bottom might be that Hashem, I would love it if everyone can see your kindness and your love and your understanding and your appreciation for integrity and you're acting with such integrity and kindness and love. And like, do you, I, do you think, I want the world think, to see that more and I want myself to see that more and I want everyone to be wanting to emulate such a, an approach toward life. And then like your great name, your name of kindness and love and integrity and charity and understanding and speaking nicely to others and valuing every interaction with such special people should be like a world that we want to live in. Is that, is that maybe what you would write? Yes, exactly. I wouldn't be able to write it that well, so I would ask you to write it, but yeah. Well, well, before we get to the world, is it possible for us to want this for ourselves? Um, what are you saying? Love there to be a world. No, 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 no. Just for everybody. No, no, just for the world. I want to do what I'm doing. I wasn't talking about myself. Oh, okay. So the first step has to be, can we want for ourselves to be people that uh, represents all the wonderful meters of Hashem as you so eloquently described. A hundred percent. Just one in the world, but not in myself. That cannot possibly be an honest, real wanting. Correct. The world, right. the world starts at home. I'm afraid the problem is that people are so overwhelmed with their daily struggles and pressures and stresses that they don't have enough peace of mind to be wanting for themselves all the beauty of Hashem's exalted midos. Agreed, but you can't answer everything in one question, meaning there's there's a lot of pieces of many things, meaning just because it's hard for you to relate to this because of another problem, then you go to that other problem, then you have another problem, why you can't relate to that problem, so then you go to a different problem, you get deeper and deeper until you go insane. You have to like work at all problems little by little. You, you know, You try to attack all the shortcomings, in many different ways. I'm not saying to ignore the ichor, God forbid. Well, maybe, maybe I, I'm just, I'm just exploring. Maybe we can allow ourselves to be including in all those tefillos and all those brachos that Hashem should give us that capacity where that's also included. That we should have enough of a peace of mind, able to focus enough, to able to appreciate all these beautiful leaders and then first want them for ourselves. Agreed. So we have to want to be able to want. Right. So it sounds... So is anybody else here, is anybody else here, like, meaning, generally the world, it seems like to be like a pretty chaotic place without a lot of order and not beyond the midas, just in terms of general, like just societal things in terms of regular morals and values. And it doesn't, it makes, I mean, I've, I sometimes feel uncomfortable about what's going on, and it would just, in a certain way, you can relate to the fact that after, after Hashem reveals Himself, after there'll be order and structure in the world, and things will be going the way they should be. There won't be so much shakar and falsehood and this type of stuff in the world. There'll just be a place where people are people are acting the way they're supposed to act and doing what's supposed to be doing. Not necessarily in terms of the midas, but even beyond that, just in terms of just being acting like human beings, doing what's right. Is that is that? Am I like the only one that? Uh, 
that can like has that uh, type of um, sensitivity, I guess. But the order in what context? Like for um, like people fighting with each other, people attacking each other. That's what you're referring to. Really, I'm just saying, even just the more basic. I think if you ask most people, I think people are concerned with just the general, just um, moral issues going on in society, like all this like weird stuff going. On. Mm -hmm. society it seems like the whole family values just regular things going on which are just connected antithetical to like the torah values it seems like that's completely that's i think if you ask most people you ask even even goyim that are that are somewhat um aware of hashem's presence i think they could all, would all tell you yeah this this world's going to hell and we have to <laughs> we need we need structure i think but i think that's i think that comes from a very deep place i think people can really People, we're naturally, we're supposed to, there's a system of the way the world's supposed to be in which people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is the, the living in a good, ethical, right way. And, mm -hmm. and because Hashem is far away, so then it's less present. It certainly sounds like it should be part of it. Like this structure, it sounds like you're saying in a way is really connected to the Midos, like the recognition of true right, of course everything's the same i'm just saying a more broad meaning mm -hmm. specifically relating it to specific midas it seems to be like almost like it's like cheapening a little bit or it's just it's more like it's like furthering a specific agenda as opposed to if we just understand in general there's a certain we feel good we feel right when things are going when people are acting in a way that we know is right and good and therefore right. when the society is not acting in such a way and people's right. values seem to be far gone and completely lost we had this hope, this glimmer that like, no, one day Muslim's going to reveal himself and everyone's going to be in the same mode, in the same line. Right. I definitely hear that. I think probably for all of us, we, a different aspect of it would probably be hitting us. You know, like when we think about Midos, when we think about the world we would like to see, it's probably a different nuance would probably be hitting each of us, which is probably a good thing. Um, the exact way you're describing it sounds like is hits you in a deeper way than it might hit me and the way it hits me might be different than the way it hits you. But it sounds like if we're working on, you know, just trying to focus, I think Rabioni really bridged so like something that could have been like a huge, huge, huge gap. Like when we think about the words like Hashem is holy and I want Hashem's holiness to be like all over. Or when we think about just in general, Hashem's name should be great. So I think Rabioni was really bridging the gap. Like, at least for us, most of us can relate to the general midos, each of us probably in our own way, to be able to relate to how we ourselves would want to be more acting more appropriately in the area of midos. It's something that we all value. It's something we all recognize we could value more. It's the kind of thing we could value about Hashem. It's the kind of thing we would want other people to value also. But maybe just in a way, I think one help, very helpful thing that would help us focus is so many times when we see other people not acting with the right values and it does strike a chord within us, there's like a big decision that we need to make is is that therefore, therefore others are stupid? Or is that therefore, like I wish I see that the world's not so educated or inspired to act with the right kind of values. 
like I wish people were more inspired and educated to act with the right kind of values. To me, it sounds like those are the words of like like I want people to be acting more with the proper values. That's something that would be important to me. So I think a lot of us have that in, inner like sensitivity to it. I think sometimes like we can make a very big jump in our ability to be feeling more of the proper feelings is if that initial like intuition is just guided a little bit like in a different direction than sometimes, you know, where it ends up heading. Like instead of like this, these guys are such big jerks. The American society are such terrible people. The uh, world society, they're all like fighting, you know, and we're certainly sensitive to the fact that that's a problem. It sounds a little bit like the goal of where we should be heading is what do we do when we're sensitive to those things? Do we turn it in the, in the direction of it's really important to me to a certain extent and hopefully to more of an extent later on for it to be something that's more um, that we see more often in the world. Like we would wish and hope that for ourselves, for others, for Hashem, like we would want to be living in a world where people can appreciate this a little more. So I think that would be one um, area of encouragement for myself and for others that I think would be very helpful. Um, I think um, a second thing might be, you know, we've probably all heard a lot of schmoozing about like chaste Hashem. You know, how Hashem is such a Baal Chesed, even to Paro and even to this and even to that. But recently I happen to have been learning the Chavos of Avos Shar Bechina. In the beginning, he talks about the fact that he says pretty much everyone has certain things that stand in their way of really relating to Hashem as a major Baal Chesed. Um, and he has like different options for different people for like what could be holding us back you know, from really seeing it. So I think if we each like independently on our own, like really try to figure out, like, do I really think of Hashem as a Baal Chesed? Like, is that, like, if I had to describe Hashem and how I feel about Hashem, how I think about Hashem, how I think about how Hashem is treating me. So we would probably all to some extent feel like, yeah, and it sounds like the Chavos of Ovis is saying is that there's a very natural kind of reality that we often have something that's like a little bit in the way, you know, whether it's our own challenges in life that are hard to see, the Gamzu Latova, like where, where that fits in, or if it's hard to appreciate, you know, why wouldn't Hashem do more chesed for me? Like, it's not hard for him to do chesed. He's such a Baal chesed. Like, you know, a lot of times we're taught about chesed that in order to appreciate it, it has to be like, wow, it has to be the hardest thing in the world in Freshem. It's not really hard. You know, or I think each of us probably have our own little like pocket of different things in our mind. But, you know, as uh, Reb Simcha was saying before, you know, appreciating Hashem as like such a great Baal chesed is probably a ladder. And when we're up to Hasidus, then we feel it fully. But even when we're up to Zahiras, like we want to be feeling it, like step by step, a little more. So I don't think that most of the goal is about hearing another schmooze about how big a Baal Chesed Hashem is. 
I think the Chavos of is telling us that a lot of it is really by sitting down and figuring it out. Figuring out. Do I think of him as a Baal Chesed? If so, why? If not, what's standing in my way? Like what's, what's holding me back? And if we try to take it on as like a, a project for ourselves, do I think of Hashem as a great Baal Chesed? If so, why? If not, what is it that's standing in the way? If I sort of do and I sort of don't, like what is it? It's the same way any other project we, working on, we would work on, we'd try to figure out, well, what would make him a Baal Chesed? What are some of the challenges that might stand in the way? How do I address those challenges? And how do I figure out, you know, so sometimes I think this way that maybe a simplistic way that we're taught, which I don't think is necessarily always so helpful, is that we all inherit and we don't necessarily deherit. That's not what the Chavosavava says about it. He says that often we don't inherit so much. <laughs> like we often have an intellectual kind of complication that's related to feeling like Hashem is the greatest Baal Chesed. And I think we often we all feel that he is to a certain extent, but I think it's good to identify what might it be that's standing in my way and to try to figure out how to address that. So I think, at least for myself, I've found that working on that project has been very helpful. And I've tried to identify certain things that have stood in my way. And I think it might be something that I would suggest that might be helpful for, for others. It's going to look different, I think, for everyone. But I think if we take it on and if we want to really feel like Hashem is such a Baal Chesed, it's okay to not feel that. Mm-hmm. That's probably the common starting point is the Chavos says it's not an easy starting point. And he says it's not just about hearing the words. It's often there are certain intellectual challenges that are related to it. And I think it's good to uh, take it on as a project. Um, please uh, feel free to share whatever your thoughts are. I have a thought on, Any the, other on, the, on the first point where you were talking about when you go around and you see somebody who's, who's you know, not living well, um, and instead of saying, hey, these guys are jerks, instead you could think, hey, I would want these people to have it better. But it, it's the same issue on much more mundane issues where you see someone you don't know who's in the streets with no money, like, do we walk around saying, you know, I wish he had a job just like I had? Or, you know, it's an issue on the mundane things, just like it is on people living an ethical life. So right. we have to address that first. Mm-hmm. That is a very good deheriachil. It's certainly true. I mean, we probably all have it to some extent that we would want to have that, but sometimes just a little extra focus on it would be extremely helpful. Because it's not something we don't, we can't connect to. But I think what Yechiel is bringing up is probably a little extra focus on that could really go a long, long way. That that guy, he doesn't have any money. Like, okay, he's so annoying. Like, stop bothering me. As opposed, or even if he's not bothering me, just you know, I wish his life would be a little happier. You know, it would probably be. I imagine a lot of us do that, and probably all of us do it to some extent, and I think he feels encouraging us to uh, 
do it a little more than we're doing until now. Okay. Are there any uh, any other sources besides that Chavos Avodas that you would recommend for this work of um, getting around those blockages? Um, I'm not sure. I personally worked on the Chavos Avavos and I saw some of the Mefarshim on it and I found them to be extremely helpful just even identifying the general challenges that stand in the way. Like he talks about, you know, one issue of that gratitude is very much the opposite of being entitled. And what hit me is that it's very hard to not feel entitled, like just intellectually. Like Hashem made me, why wouldn't he make my life good? Like, why would he, you know, so we, I, I would imagine many of us have heard the speech of, yeah, we didn't have to give me an arm and a leg. Like, he could have only given me one. But, like, why would he? Like, a challenge like, like that. So if we're trying to appreciate, you know, like, wow, Hashem is such a prophet, let me see. He didn't make me blind. But why would he make me blind? Like, why? Like, we don't usually thank our friends for not poking at our eyes. It's like, why would Hashem do that? So yesterday, I was actually, we had a good schmooze. I was uh, discussing this with a couple friends. And just like an example of something that I thought was very helpful in my own personal growth was the recognition that chesed, in order to be appreciated, often has to come with a wow. As opposed to, let's say you have a doctor who's doing his job and he saves my life. So, like, wow, big deal. Like, he's just doing his job. Like, if he wouldn't save my life, he'd be a real jerk. So I should have such gratitude to him that he wasn't a jerk and he didn't kill me, he didn't let me die on the table. You know, but on the other hand, like, Lemaise, he saved my life. <laughs> like, it doesn't have, chesed doesn't have to come with a wow. And I think a lot of times with Hashem, like, wow, look what Hashem did. He, he wasn't, like, he did it even here. So I think a lot of Hashem's chesed is not the wow. It's just really the consistency that all Hashem is about is giving. And that's all that he's about. But like, why wouldn't he? Yeah, that itself takes away from the wow of chesed, but it doesn't take away from the reality that he's given me every breath I've taken in my life. He's given me everything that I had. And I owe a lot of gratitude to him. But where's the wow? There doesn't have to be one. So for me personally, I don't know if that's something that relates to most people. For me personally, it was like a life changer because that was something that very much stood in my way. Like, where's the wow for Hashem's chesed? Like, why wouldn't he? Like, what's the big deal? Like, he, he, like he's not a jerk. Okay, great. I usually don't thank people for not being jerks. Like, he didn't create me with all kinds of stress on a 24-7. Like, there are times I have respite from that. Okay, great. Why would he make it 24-7? So, but if it's coming just from the consistency of, I didn't deserve to be created. I didn't even exist before I was created. Every single thing is from him, and therefore I have to have an extreme gratitude toward him. And I want to have an extreme gratitude toward him. So for me, that was like a pocket that was very, very helpful. So that's like the kind of example where, like the Chavos of Avos highlights, he says that feeling entitled really gets in the way of appreciating the Chas Hashem. So, okay, so now how do I, do I feel entitled? If so, why? And how do I address that? 
or I guess the more, I think that's a more subtle kind of challenge for me was significant. I think most people struggle with the challenge of that the Chavos Lava spells out very clearly. My life is hard. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, Hashem, thanks for giving me the most amazing life when that's not how I view my life. It's not the most amazing thing. So he says that it's really hard to see, like, where's the Baal Chesed who's giving me such an awesome life? And if he's not, why not? So trying to work through that to some extent, I think, is something Chavos Avavos is encouraging us to do. Now, how do you do that? I think the Rebbe Shmimim would ask, like, okay, where's the sources for that? I think if, it's a, if we first identify what do I want to be working on, then probably we could find a lot of the sources on our own. We could look for guidance. But I think the first step is really sometimes to identify for ourselves what's standing in my way, what project do I want to work on, even to know what sources to look up, to know what conversation I should have with my friends or my mentors or my rabbis, or like what's far, like what am I looking for? Am I looking to try to understand Hashem's chesed for me despite the fact my life is hard? Am I looking to try to figure out, like the first thing he says is just, it's hard to have time, like Rabbi Shmim was saying before. Like, I'm so focused on my everyday life. Who has time to think about Hashem's chesed? And then he says, the second thing is we have so much anxiety about all the different things in our life that we want, that we have so much pressure and anxiety that it's, that certainly stands in the way of, it's not just a lack of time, it's a lack of emotional energy to even stop and think and even try to appreciate anything that I do have. And then what about all the different sorrows that are standing in the way of my life being viewed by myself as amazing? So I think the first thing is really identifying. Do I think of Hashem as a great Baal Chesed in my own life? If so, awesome. How could I increase that? If yes and no, so why yes and why no? And what's the no and what's standing in my way? And how do I work on that? And to me, it sounds like we're spending like three weeks, you know, to try to connect to something. And really in the everyday Shmon Asrei, and we come to Rosh Hashanah and the source of so much seems to be like appreciating that Hashem is good. And that itself is something that we all say the words, partially it's a lack of tahering it, but I think it's, it's a good process for us to, I think, all figure out where am I in this process of feeling like Hashem is good? So it's probably not the kind of thing that we often actually, I don't know if everyone thinks about it all the time or views that as something that's a major part of our Avodah Hashem, but it sounds to me like it should be a major part of our Avodah Hashem. Just that one ma- major thing. How much do I view Hashem as good? And to a large extent, that's probably equal to many of the other projects that we have you know, in our spiritual uh, life. It's certainly a major part of any tefillah project that we might work on. And it sounds like it's a major part of every Shabbos and every Yom Tif And like I kept every halacha on Shabbos, but like the fact that I had a, a day to think about Hashem, like if I don't view Hashem as being great, as being special, then it's such a 
foundation of so many of the important mitzvahs that we're consistently involved in. And to me, it sounds like it's a big part of the heroes. It's not something that we should wait for Hasidus to be involved in. And it probably makes every mitzvah that we do more meaningful, more helpful, and our general relationship with Hashem will be much in a much better place if we really stop and try to make this a an important project in our spiritual lives. So that's that's what I wanted to share. Um, Rabbi Goldman, please. Your your like your suggestion that you said was helpful to you. Where mm-hmm. you're thinking like. Well, I could have not been born. Like, why do I have all this? This is like really great. I don't see how that's not that's a more extreme example of like I don't do, like okay, I don't deserve all this, and therefore I've been given this good thing. It's like it, it sounded like you were saying where you have people who is that is that well, is that an accurate. Do I understand what your strategy was accurately? Like sort of feeling that anything I, even, even if my life has a lot of stress in it and it's, I, you know, maybe the majority of my day I suffer, mm-hmm. but I could have not been born. I could have not been created. And there's like a lot of like good about that. It's not like, it's not the most remarkable good. It's not like, you know, open miracles good, but it's good. And I don't, and I'm, I didn't deserve that necessarily. Is that what you were saying? Or did I mis- misunderstand it from the outset? Yeah, I think what you're saying is like an extension of what I was saying. I was focused more on, I think there are two different kinds of challenges that um, are being discussed. Like one of them is what you're saying is my life's really hard, you know, at times. And like, how do I relate to that? I was referring, you know, I think that's like a very common kind of like feeling that probably many or most people have. And like, I don't necessarily look in the mirror and say, wow, my life is like full of, uh, you know, bliss and happiness and thank God who's the one who gave it to me. That's one kind of challenge. I was referring to a second kind of challenge also of why wouldn't Hashem like give me all the good? Like, why is he, you know, like a lot of times where you hear like most, you know, chesed books that you read, the chesed is not, you know, someone took care of their children, you know, for the first 20 years of their life, even though, you know, they were responsible to do it, but they really, they took care of their kids. They gave them food, they gave them clothes, they gave them as much love as they could, and they spent a lot of time with them. And, you know, you don't generally read chesed books about that. Usually the chesed books are like some, there's some, there's got to be some wow to it. Like, Whoa! That could, that, 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 that could also be a function. That might be a, an interesting challenge to somebody who's just been showered with good, and it's really hard for them to figure out. Like, well, what do I feel? What do I feel so thankful for? And a person, that person, might be struggling with. I deserve all this. Like God's benevolent. I believe has my best interest. It's very hard for me to feel this overwhelming sense of appreciation when I sort of right. feel it coming to me. But that's. I don't think that's like. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that's the typical case of the typical challenge. It's like, I have so right. much good. I have so much little to stress out about that my main challenge is, is like overcoming this like default position that I, that this good is coming to me, this sense of entitlement. Right, for sure. What about people who, who like have a much different, like that, the first challenge you were talking about, which is like, it's very hard for me to find the good that's been given me. 
So then you were right. saying like you didn't have to be you didn't have to be born like you didn't have uh, to be created, right? A lot of people would tell you, yeah, well, that, I might have been a lot better off a and b. That's like that's the same thing as basically saying, well, look around you. You'll always find somebody that you know who's a quadruple and you're not that. So you have a lot to be happy for. Uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't sound like the healthiest way of a person like making sense out of his own suffering. That there's right. people. Yeah, for sure. As a torso. Yeah, I, I very much agree with you. I wasn't offering an answer to that. What I was encouraging is that I think we should all identify for ourselves, you know, what we're struggling with. And in a way, view this as not, it's not secondary to my general Avodah Hashem. Like, if anything, this might be the most important part of my Avodah Hashem, is seeing Hashem as good for me, as good to me or in general, seeing Hashem as good and trying to really, like if we see this as if either the most important or one of the most important aspects of our Avodah Hashem, so then we'll be able to really prioritize it as something to try to, you know, work on. And what, what I'm asking is, is what's like, it's fine, so from a conceptual perspective at a very high level of analysis, like there's this very, there's a strong positive benefit to perceiving Hashem as good to me. Mm-hmm. Now you, you go on a deeper yeah. level of analysis and a person is suffering and a person has been on the receiving end of a lot of malevolence. Yeah. And he feels that, that and he even may feel that religious aspects of his life have been the cause of that. So mm-hmm. on a practical level, you're not going to, that person's not going to wake up one morning and, and feel Hashem is good to me. Right, for sure. It's very hard for him to feel like that that's an important component of my avoda, or at least what avoda, like to a person who's experiencing things like that, then what would be, like, what's in your opinion? Yeah. Thing that would be helpful for such a person in such a situation, because that's probably yeah. less, it's probably more common. Yeah, so I'm not, yeah. So I'm not sure. I would rather not, um, not um, try to address that. I don't. I don't know if I have the answers for it. What I would encourage everyone to do as much as possible is to take an accounting of their own perspectives, and really to find a mentor, or a friend, or a svarim, or a combination of all of them, and really to prioritize really working through it. Because I think there probably are certain general like things that are helpful for everyone, but it's probably very much an individualized kind of, uh, kind of adventure, you know, that we can uh, each, you know, go on to try to work it out for ourselves. And I think if we, the most helpful thing is to take it on as a project for ourselves and to really prioritize it as much as possible. Um, so besides trying to avoid your question because it's too complicated, so uh, other than that, I think also I just I think what I would I was trying to ask like a question that you weren't trying to address. I was just I was trying to understand yeah what the the point exactly we're making. Which to yes, was. I wasn't yeah I wasn't addressing that. I was I was mostly giving an example of how like there could be individualized kind of challenges that people have and. For me in particular, that was one big challenge where the Chalosavos doesn't even directly address it. He talks about feeling entitled is a big challenge. For me personally, like one of the challenges was like, yeah, why wouldn't he? 
you know, so that, that I think is an easy, is easier to address. It took me a while to figure it out. It sounds simple. Maybe. Um, once I wrap my, my mind around it, the fact that it doesn't have to be that, why, why wouldn't he? Just the reality of the fact that he consistently is giving me, you know, life. It's like, even if there wasn't a, why wouldn't he? Like, even if it made a lot of sense that he should, that doesn't mean that I don't, I shouldn't feel a major appreciation to him. But what you're saying is like for the challenges that, uh, appreciating Gamzu Latova, that this is really for the best and Hashem really is giving me a good life and all the different challenges that he's giving me are really for the good. I don't see it. I don't understand it. I don't see the big picture. I hear the words, you know, that maybe there's a bigger picture. There is a bigger picture. Like that sounds like a big um, project to really work on, to try to see, like, how do I really work on that? I wasn't trying to address it. And but in terms of the sense of entitlement, which is what I don't understand. Yeah. To me, it sounds like feeling like a sense of appreciation and feeling that Hashem is good to, for me and to me are two different things. Where the, yeah. sense, the sense of entitlement, it sounds like you were saying, or at least bringing yeah. it up, was that it's not a good yeah. thing. But why mm-hmm. isn't the sense of entitlement a good thing? Why shouldn't a person feel that it is coming to me and, and Hashem will give me a lot of good and my life will be happy and I do deserve that and I'm worthy of that? Mm-hmm. And then that might, that might, it might make it difficult that, well, that, that shouldn't make it difficult to feel that Hashem is good for me and good yeah. to me. It might make it difficult for me to feel like this, like this crazy outpouring of gratitude, which probably typically isn't healthy anyway. So are, is the sense of gratitude and are those two different things, feeling a sense of gratitude and feeling that Hashem is good? And is the sense of entitlement bad? I don't get what you're saying. Um. I guess like a muscle that someone had mentioned to me was like, imagine going to someone's house and he like invites us in and we really need a place to stay. And like, if he, uh, if he gives us a meal, he gives us a nice air conditioned home, he gives us, you know, all the different things that we need. And then we think to ourselves, like, well, why wouldn't he? Like, what, what's he going to do? He's going to invite me in and then turn off the AC in my, in my bedroom? Like, why would he do that? Um, so in a way, a certain feeling of entitlement is, like, well, why should I really be thankful to him? Like, if he was, all he was was not a jerk. Well, you know, as well, opposed well, to... Because between two people, it's just like, it's socially awkward or socially immature to have that attitude with another person who... who you don't have it coming to you from, from a guy who opens up his house to you. But that's right. something that goes counter to everything that like, at least I was taught or, or I understand about like our relationship with God, which is he created us. He brought us into this world. It's for uh-huh. our good. It should be a good life. We should, uh-huh. we are special. We are worthy of an enormous amount of, of positivity. And why shouldn't we feel that? And, I don't, and I'm not saying that, that, that it should preclude a feeling of like thankfulness for that, or whatever right. that means, that I'm not really sure. But I don't see that as, as anything similar in any way to being invited in by a stranger. Mm-hmm. The maybe there's the difference between maybe entitled might have like two different meanings here. Like entitled could mean uh, like uh, we see it as as makes sense to have someone want to give it to us. Entitled could mean owed. Like uh, it's owed to me, so whoever gives it to me is not—it's not necessarily that's not coming out of chesed. If someone pays me back a loan that they owed me, I don't 
I don't sense their ruts and tov towards me. I don't sense their chesed towards me because, hey, he owes me this. It's not coming out of chesed. It's not a chesed for him. He's paying me something he owes. Uh, that's, that's how I relate to the idea of entitlement that would you know, preclude a feeling of gratitude. But a feeling that, yeah, I'm, I'm worthy. Hashem created me as a great being and I'm worthy of his love and I'm worthy of his chesed might be a different, maybe you could call that entitlement, but yeah, that, that type of idea maybe would not preclude gratitude. Well, so, so Chesky, say you have a guy who by and large follow the Torah, right? The Torah, like there's Torah is sort of set up in a, in a, in a structure. It's like a structural thing. Like if, if you do these mitzvot and you live a you live a moral life and an upstanding life, like you're going to get all these benefits and that's sort of the rules of the game. So if you have a guy, let's say not, not, you or me, who, and then, well, let's take, take, take that guy first. That, so that guy first, should he feel like that it, it's coming to him because he played his part and now he should get his due? If that's, and if that's so, how does he feel a sense of gratitude? And then us, and does, and does that mean us who are, are filled with sin and immorality that we should just be like overly thankful and feeling not deserving of anything good because we don't really deserve it and it's just like this chesed and it's just like, we're just unworthy, um, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that we're like really unworthy and we should like, because neither of those two things really seem to make that much sense. Yeah, Isaac, it sounds like what, one thing you're highlighting is like, this is like what I was trying to encourage is if we each break it down, I think we each probably have our own pockets that we would uh, need to work out. It sounds like what you're highlighting is a super complicated kind of thing. How do we combine the fact that I have a Tzalmol Kim, which means I'm really, really, really special. And in a way that would seem to mean Hashem should be giving me things, like from a certain perspective, because I do things really. I have a Tzalmol Kim and I work hard to do good things. So in a way, when you combine those two, if I have such a chash of neshama or I am such a chash of like neshama, and when you combine that, especially with the fact that we work really hard to do good things with our lives. Like, so in a way that certainly highlights, we're not valueless, we're not worthless. We do deserve things in a certain kind of context. Yet at the same time, we're taught that everything Hashem gives us is really should be viewed as a matnas chinam, that we don't, he doesn't owe us anything. And his not owing us anything is not because we're worthless. It does, it's not because we're valueless. It's not because we don't work really, really hard to do amazing, amazing things. But like separating the difference between those, like how do you separate the difference? You know, that's like one kind of challenge that, you know, one person would be facing, you know, when he wants to see Hashem as like a full Baal Chesed that he has a ton of gratitude for. So I think they are separate things that we have a tremendous, value in our Kim. We could have a tremendous value for how much effort we put into trying to do good things. And we really do act in ways that are amazing, you know, most of the time. At the same time, that doesn't mean that Hashem owes it to us. He didn't owe us to be created. And even after we're created, you know, one of the things that we're taught is he still doesn't owe us anything. A continued life is not something that he owes to us even despite the fact that we have a Tzalmul Kim and we are good people who do great things all the time. 
So that doesn't mean he owes it to us. Like separating that is such an important thing. The fact that he doesn't owe it to us also doesn't mean that we're losers. Like when we say it's a manaschinam, it's not because we have no value to ourselves, but it's because despite all of our value, he still doesn't owe it to us because he doesn't owe us life. That's not, he, the fact that we're good people doesn't mean that he has to give us more. He's giving us more because he wants to give us more because he has such chesed. And it's a, like these kind of subtle things are sometimes, you know, very subtle, the challenges, and sometimes they're very obvious, the challenges. You know, the challenges of why is my life so hard in this way? That's an obvious kind of challenge, being the chaste Hashem. You know, the more subtle kind of challenges sometimes are, if I have a tzalmul kim and I'm a good person, like how do I not feel entitled that he should give me more life and he should give me a good life? You know, which is different than the other kind of challenge of, well, why wouldn't he give me a good life? Like, why should I feel like it's such chesed that he's giving me a good life? Or so I think each of us, I actually have to run, I have to go diving, but um, maybe I'll just leave with this one basic message of appreciating the fact that Hashem is great and Hashem is great for us sounds like something that we all should prioritize in our lives. We all should not feel guilty at all to any degree of not having fully appreciated it or even having significant um, walls in front of us, you know, for, for feeling it and believing it. And if we take it on as a project, it might be the most, one of the most important um, projects in Avodah Hashem that we um, can take on in our lives. Um, please feel free to continue, but I, I do have to check out. Thank you. Thank you You have my whole heart endorsement and all the above. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Okay, Hatzlach Okay. Amen. Isaac? What? Yeah. Um, the thought that came to my mind as I was listening to you is that I'm afraid in many situations when people are conditioned to have to earn some of the most basic things that they're supposed to receive in life, like uh, parental love, attention, etc., and that could get sort of uh, projected into everything that has to do with the Torah also being defined in such terms of having to earn it, why should I have to earn it, didn't I do enough to earn it, and also becomes perceived as some kind of a contractual arrangement. And, and I, think, I think I understand that. I think that's exactly the opposite of what Arya was trying to say, which is, let's, let's say you have it, like, I, it sounds to me like you're saying that a, a child should grow up in a home where he feels that the parent's love is coming to them innately. Right. right. So, and, that, and that's why, when he ta- since he takes that for granted, he doesn't think in terms of a child mm-hmm. basically feeling that they don't deserve love. And therefore, he only is only looking at particular uh, aspects, particular benefits. There I can feel, who says that I'm entitled to have this is a wonderful thing. I have so much good. I'm basically okay. Then I even had this, even had that. Oh, that's so even more wonderful. So then, but so it sounds, like you're, in terms of it sounds like you're agreeing coming, with what coming, I'm saying. Yeah. What? I, I don't think he's thinking in terms of 
or, or relating in his own personal experience to that challenge of somebody being fundamentally questioning whether they're worthy and needing to earn it. Right. So that's why, that's why I, that's what I didn't understand. That's exactly what I didn't understand. That it sounds like to me, it's healthy and proper for us to feel that if there's a closeness with Hashem, it's befitting that I should be, I should be showered with the goodness of Hashem. That's that's natural and proper built into that relationship. Right. Um, And that's feeling entitled. This is a whole. This is a whole. It's not that. It's not that different than feeling entitled. Well, entitled. It's different than feeling entitled when someone owes you money. When someone owes you money, you don't feel entitled to be showered with his goodness in paying it back. When he owes you the money, <laughs> not goodness. How about two friends? No, I don't. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Isaac, there's a debt. That that's like that's like I'm owed a debt. I don't. I wouldn't even refer to that as like I'm entitled to the money. Like you owe me a debt. It's like a. It's a business. It's a. But let's say two friends that are loyal to each other. You feel that if I keep your secrets, you'll keep my secrets. If I'll. If I'll go, go out of my comfort zone for you to meet your needs, you'll go out of your comfort zone for me to meet my needs. There's a feeling built into a, a relationship like that, that that I should benefit in this, in this, to the same level that I'm putting in, to whatever extent the closeness that we have with each other is, I should, I should benefit from that from you. But with Hashem, and maybe even with some people, there really needs to be such a powerful sense of trust at the starting point, that we'll be able to be accepting of the, the nature of our life with this trust that it is essentially good for us. But that's not a simple thing to be assuming. And you're also right that the, the pure Ratzin of Hashem is that we should have the totality of good even in Olam Hazen. That was the basic state of the creation. That's what many Chazal indicate is what Hashem really wants. I can't, it isn't that way because it can't be that way. And that's all, all going back to the Churban and all the, all the, the whole state of affairs of the world that is so difficult. That's, you know, all part of a very vast plan that we can't understand. That's all the more reason why there needs to be the basic trust and the knowledge that Hashem wants everything good for us. But there are conditions that don't allow it to be that way yet. I just don't get the whole point. That's the bottom line. I don't get what the point of the whole thing was. Okay, his, his main point was that very, one very simple thing. It is essential that we should know that Hashem wants to bestow good to us. And, and, and having sense of basic sense of gratitude for whatever good we could be aware of that comes to us from Hashem, whether physically, whether spiritually, whether now or the future, we should be able to have some sense of gratitude. A, a very important step is to ask ourselves, do I truly feel essentially with relationship to Hashem that Hashem is giving good to me and wants to give tremendous good to me? If I feel that, great. Let me, let me understand what that's all about. How can I improve it? If I discover I don't really feel that, and I need to understand what that's all about, the Chobos of Ovis in the beginning of has a few explanations of why a person could be held back. 
and there can be other good ones. And, he, and he's suggesting it's very important for us to try to be, be accepting of ourselves if we don't feel that Hashem is good to us and trying to understand what that's all about and why that is the case. Because it's really crucial to be a functional Jew to have that feeling. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So there we are. <laughs> and now we can go take on the day. All right, is that all? I think we can pause here. If, anyone, if anyone's interested, I have a quick point, maybe Isaac especially towards you. I'm not sure if our Schmidman completely addressed it, then that's great. But another aspect which we touched upon but maybe not highlighted and I don't know I, I know is useful for myself is um, I think one a, a, a largely I would say universal or, or a broad issue that people have is the trauma that they've experienced in their lives or uh, that they've seen other people close to them experience which is the classic suffering of the righteous and we all are good people and we're all we're all trying we're all we consider ourselves uh, pretty righteous. We're good people. We're trying to learn Torah here together. We're good people. But, you know, we, we experience challenges and we experience suffering and those around us experience suffering. And if it's not those directly around us, although I don't know if there's anybody who doesn't know someone very close who's experiencing extreme suffering, you know, you go through the history and we've all suffered. And that trauma is very hard to get past. Um, I think maybe if we could, which was touched upon, if we could work on understanding our lives uh, both the good and the bad, and I'm not discounting, of course, n not not the Chovas of Avos, nor what Rabbi Gomu was talking about, about talking about just the basic things that we are alive. We should appreciate that, but I think it's hard to appreciate that if we're just so focused on what's very, so to speak, making a lot of noise in our brains, which is the suffering and the challenges and the stress. And in general, Adam Amal Yulad, we're we're working, we're toiling, we're, we're created for that. And, and that toil itself is a stress and challenge. So that, that's just very loud. It's very present in our lives. It's almost hard to get past that and even focus on the basics like that we're, that we're just born and alive because we have so much challenge from all that stuff. If somehow we can work on that and try to understand that and try to even understand why we're here and why we have all these challenges and suffering, maybe that could be helpful. Um, I know in my life that's helpful for me when I think about those things and I try to understand those things. Not that we can understand everything, but when we can get a better grip on that, uh, it's very therapeutic, very helpful, and then we can really appreciate all the chesed really that Hashem is giving us. But if, at the same time that there's this chesed we're trying to see from whether it's a person or, or, or Hashem, but at the same time we feel like we're being abused at the same time, we're not going to see the, the chesed somebody's doing for us if we feel like we're being abused by them. Even if the abuse is smaller than the big chesed but it's just so loud and so present in my life so if i feel like i'm being abused that's something i need to work through and maybe try to figure out and really ultimately we we, we all do believe or we hope to believe that shem is ultimately all good maybe we have to try to understand that and just go into our own lives and and, and it's, it's something that's a benefit to us we'll just be happier people i think if we can understand the difficulty the challenges the work all that stuff uh, that might be something that's helpful Gotcha. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Be well. Have a good night. Thank you.